Good morning, Arbor. Good to see you all. <clears throat> Welcome those of you who are here in person and those that are online. We're thrilled to have you on this sunny day in the Northwest. We know that in the Northwest, when the sun comes out, church attendance shrinks. We just get outside. It's how it happens. I, something about it's like, oh, the sun's out. We need to be outside, which I love. Um, I got outside yesterday, hiked up to Lake Serene, proved to myself once again that my knees are not what they used to be. Um, but I made it up, I made it down, and it was a beautiful day out. So I hope that you've been able to enjoy this tremendous stretch of beautiful weather we've had. Speaking of beautiful, we're going to dig into one of the most beautiful things um, about the good news that we've been going through today. We've been walking through good news for the last several weeks and just kind of highlighting some of the joys and wonderfulness of being a believer in Christ and just what that means for all of us, but also ultimately the good news for those that have not met Jesus or given their life to Jesus. And I'm excited to wrap up our series of good news with the theme of access, not excess, all right, but access, the idea that we have access to God our Father. <clears throat> have you ever wanted access to something, um, yet you were denied or rejected or turned away, refused or rebuffed? Maybe because you were not a VIP, you were not a card holder, you were not, you didn't have the right airline ticket, or you just, maybe you just weren't popular enough or fit in enough, but you've been rebuffed. Um, it always makes me think of first class on the airplanes that are divided by that little badly patterned curtain as if you shall not pass through the curtain. And, you know, I've, I've only sat in first class once and that's because I was accidentally bumped up to first class. Um, but I usually back in, you know, where we sit in the general class or business class or as Alaska calls it, the saver fair, you know. And I'm back there and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, man, I really got to go to the bathroom. I look back down the aisle, the line's long back there. And I look up and just a mere 12 rows in front of me is a bathroom nobody's using. So I thought, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to stand up and walk through first class like I own the place and get up to the restroom. And if I am confronted by a flight attendant... I'm hoping that my, you know, my rugged good looks and charm will allow me to say, oh, somebody laughed at that. <laughs> this is supposed to be encouraging. That my rugged good looks and charm would allow me to, um, you know, say, hey, it's just this one time. It's okay. It's all right. Nobody's using the restroom. So I stood up, walked confidently through first class, got up front. But unbeknownst to me, flight attendants have a lot of experiences with ruggedly handsome men with charm. And they rebuffed me curtly and shortly and said, sir, you'll have to return to your seat, please, or wait in the back of the plane to use the restroom. Access was denied. The curtain was closed and thou shalt not pass. All right. I've always wondered how that curtain contains so much power. All right. But the idea is there's things in life that if we aren't given access to, we do not get to enjoy. We do not get to partake or have the privilege of that access. But what I want to talk about today is that when it comes to Jesus Christ, when it comes to God our Father, they have provided all of us, in essence, a first-class ticket. We have access to first-class relationship, fellowship, and worship with God our Father. And if that isn't the best good news ever, I don't know what it is. Because it's not divided. There's no equality issues. It's you come through Jesus, you've got God the Father. And that's what I hope that we can highlight today. 
Our theme for today is simply this. Access accords us what we cannot afford. Access accords us what we cannot afford. That's a really fancy word there, accord. I had to look up what it meant, all right? It's because it's like you don't use that word very often. And what I mean by accord is to give the ownership or benefit of something formally to another. As sinners separated from God by our sin, he has accorded the benefit of access to him. This access is not something we should purchase or earn or afford or buy on ourselves. Rather, it was given to us by him. So why I was not accorded, all right, first class use of a restroom, which I still think is ridiculous, but I'm not bitter about it, all right. In God, I am accorded access to all that he has to offer us. All that he has to offer us. The good news is that we are invited to enjoy this access that we're given through Jesus Christ. Believers have access to God the Father through Jesus Christ, the filling of the Holy Spirit. His death and resurrection provided the good news that we can access the Trinity. That is good news. And yet, you know what? We get complacent. I often wonder about people in first class that fly it all the time. And as I was, you know, strolled back and escorted back out of first class, and they all sat there with their, their mimosas and their little, you know, crumpets and whatever. And they, they have this little look in there like, how dare you? You use our restroom? But I wonder if you fly first class all the time, if it just like comes complacent. Because I've actually seen people in first class complaining about stuff. I'm like, what, Really? And so as we go through this today, I wonder for myself, have I got complacent with this access I have to God? And what am I complaining about? So as we walk through this, I want to really dig into this access thing. Our key verse today is Romans 5, 1 through 2. It says this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of our God. The word access found here is where the Apostle Paul used the word to picture God's grace as a place of safety for Christians. The believer has a permanent safe refuge in which he now lives in the rich experience and saving of God. But it's an access that we don't need to enter trembling. It says we can enter it. The word access means to go forward facing into something. It's the idea that we have freedom to enter based upon the favor or assistance of another. The, the, the idea that we talk about here, it's like a ship back in the day that was out to sea. And the storms were coming and they had to find safe harbor. In order to get into the harbor, they had to have the legal paperwork. And they had to present it, all right, to the harbor captain to get permission to bring their vessel into the safe harbor to get protection from the storm and reap all the benefits from being at harbor. And the idea is that this access word is that we've been given all right, by our captain Jesus, the paperwork to enter the safe harbor of God our Father's presence. And we're going to look at that today. And I want to look at it through three questions. Why do we have access to God the Father? What does this access to God the Father afford us or mean for us? And then how do we honor God with this access? Let's pray. God, I thank you that we get to be here with you again today, Lord. I thank you that we can learn from you every day. 
But God, I pray that you would move me out of the way today, Lord, and that we would hear your message and not just my notes. God, I pray that you would give us ears that want to hear, hearts that want to listen, and feet and hands that want to go activate and put into work what you tell us, God. We thank you for your word, your grace, and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. So this idea of why do we have access to Jesus, or why do we have access to God the Father, I always like to start with why, all right? Because if we don't understand the why, then we can run the risk of pride and boasting that we have done something to attain this access to God the Father, or that I have a little bit more access than you do. Oh, that person's such a prayer warrior. They, have, they, they get their prayers answered by God. There is no levels of access to God the Father. Now, there may be some hindering of your prayers if you have not confessed and dealt with sin in your life. That's a whole different message, but it doesn't mean you don't have access to God. And we'll dig in that to a different service. What I want you to understand today is the beautiful, wonderful news that if you are a believer in this room, you all have equal access to God the Father. There's no privileged daughter, no privileged son. We all have access. Romans 5.1, if you look at it again in verse 1 here, it says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, that's the basis of why we have access. It's a good word, justification, justified in the scripture. In Christ, we are forgiven and made righteous in our living. Simply put, to justify is to declare righteous or to make one right with God. Justification is God's declaring those who receive Christ to be righteous based on Christ's righteousness being imputed. That's another great word, imparted, overlaid of us, all right, to the account of those who receive Christ. We are justified and declared righteous at the moment of our salvation. Because of that justification, we have access to God the Father. But it's not because of what we did. All right? It's because of what Christ did. The good news is not about working or striving or effort or church going or this or that or that or all these things we try to pile up to create our own Tower of Babel to reach God. In the Old Testament, a people got together and they tried to build this huge tower so they could access God on their own through their own efforts. And God looked down and was disappointed and angry and dispersed them into all their different languages. And that's when the languages were introduced. Because it says, there's nothing you can do to approach me except through my son and his justification. The other thing it says here, all right, in Romans 5 verse 1, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus' sacrifice covers our sins, covers our errors, covers our mistakes. He's the doorway, all right, to Christ. He says, I am the gate. Through me you enter Jesus. In verse 2, it says, through whom, through Jesus, we have gained access by faith. We place our faith in him. Paul says it very clearly in a couple verses in Ephesians when Paul says, in him, Jesus, and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Folks, people did not approach kings back when there were kings on earth with freedom and confidence. People approach kings with fear and trembling because they'd be off with your head, like the Queen of Hearts and Alice in Wonderland or something. Now, that does not mean there's not a deity of God that we should fall before in honor and worship. 
And I have a feeling that when we see God, we will be speechless, that all we will be able to do is fall to our knees and worship him. And there'll be a holy fear, a holy respect, a holy righteousness. But at the same time at all that, God the Father, our creator, who breathed life into us when we were dirt, says, come to me. Come talk with me. Come fellowship with me. And we can do that with the confidence and freedom because of what Jesus did, not us. Paul says in Ephesians 2.18, for through him, through Jesus Christ, we have access to the Father by one spirit. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. When Jesus left, he gave us a counselor, a comforter in the Holy Spirit to help mediate and move us into fellowship and access to God. I had the privilege at one point in my life, um, we became family friends with a professional athlete on the Mariners. And it's when my kids were little, and this family just treated us so kindly. And they'd, he'd call me up. He says, hey, Scott, I got extra tickets. They're at the will call. Under your name, bring your family. And so I'd show up to will call. I'd give him my name. There's my tickets. We'd walk in. We'd sit down. And it was always in the family section with all the family athletes. And their wives and kids right behind home plate. My kids got spoiled by that access. I mean, we got free food, we got penance, we got like extra shirt. They, so by the time that that athlete had moved on and our lives had parted, but we went to Mariners games, the first time I took my kids back to a Mariners game on dad's ticket, you know, way up there, and we're walking up and up and up, and my son goes, dad, why are we going up when we always go down? And we get up there and we sit down and they're just like kind of quiet and they're like taking it all in. And they're not complaining, but they're not accepting. And they're like, in, well, Dad, didn't we used to sit way down there? And sure enough, you know, my youngest, who's just precocious, she goes, yeah, we should be there with all those people. <laughs> the idea is this. I had, been, I had received access to something not based on anything I had done. Nothing I had done. In fact, it was all faith that if I got the will call, it wouldn't be one big joke. Ha ha, fooled you, there really are no tickets. It was done everything based on what this player had done to earn access into the league to be able to bless others with access a little bit to the game. And Jesus Christ is that person for us. Now you may say, Scott, this is really obvious. We know this. You keep hitting on this hardly, hard because here's why, and I need to hit this with you. I think we forget that. We may not think and forget it up here, but we forget it here. And we put ourselves in positions of either arrogance or I'm not good enough. Oh, I am good enough. You, I can pray for you. To, or no, I've messed up enough. I'm telling you right now, and this is my second point, access is accorded through Jesus Christ's atonement. Access is accorded, accredited, given to us through Jesus Christ's atonement. Don't forget that. It is always about what Jesus did for you. And as if you're putting your faith in him, you have access to his father, our father, with the Holy Spirit mediating. That is good news because it means that I know I'm going to mess up, but the door's never locked. The curtain's never closed. Will call's always open, and there's always a ticket for me to go see God the Father. Anytime I want, first class service. And even saying it that way, like, dumbed downs and, and minimizes what we have at the feet of God the Father. 
And these are weak analogies from a human perspective when you're trying to think of it this. But that's what I'm trying to do for you. You have access. So let's talk about this. What does access provide us? Jesus' death and resurrection provided the good news of access to God the Father and the filling of the Holy Spirit. What does this actually mean for us believers? Let's go back to our key passage and read it again and keep in mind what we've learned so far, that we have access because of Jesus. Now let's see what it, exam- what it provides us. Back in Romans 5, 1 through 2. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom, through whom, through Jesus, we have gained access by faith in this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. What does access provide us? Peace and grace. Peace and grace. Are we enough for him? We don't have to worry about that. Am I going to get in trouble? You don't have to worry about that. You might get rebuked and scolded, but it'll be in love because Christ disciplines those he loves. And he embraces you because he wants you. He loves you too much to let you stay the way you are. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says this. When Paul went to God once praying, we don't know what the affliction was, but there was something in Paul's life that he kept asking for that made him feel like he wasn't enough. If God, you could just remove this, or if I just wouldn't wrestle with this. Some people think it was a sin issue. Some people think it was a physical ailment. It was something in Paul's life that he felt, I, I, if, you would, if you would take care of this God, I could be so much more for you. And when he's praying, and, God, and Paul says this, God told me, my grace is sufficient for you. My my power is made perfect in your weakness. We do not have to have it all together for God. There is a peace in knowing you can enter God's presence just as you are. Just as I am was an old hymn we used to sing, a benediction in the church I grew up all the time. Anybody around here know the song, Just As I Am? That's a good old song. We should bring that back sometime. Might put some of you to sleep, but I really liked it, all right? just as I am. And there's a peace in that. See, we come from a place of weakness and frailty. Paul was pleading with God and says, but God said, my grace is sufficient for you, just as we are now. So here's the thing. Access assures us God's grace is sufficient. Access assures us God's grace is sufficient. And if God's grace is sufficient, we can enter in the peace and the acceptance of knowing God will hear me. Not only does he want to hear me, he wants me in his presence. I call this gracefully broken. Gracefully broken. We may go to God broken, and I think Cliff touched on this a few weeks ago. God takes our broken pieces and turns them into masterpieces because of his grace. God will break us at times, but it's a graceful breaking in love because he knows that when he gracefully breaks us, it allows more access, more vulnerability, more growing, more learning in front of God. And I know for me, for years, and I still struggle with it, I try to go to God and act like I got it all together. We just need to go to God in peace knowing that his grace is sufficient for whatever we bring before him. Our anger, our disappointment, our hatred, our upsetness, whatever it is, and put it to God and say, help me with this. That's the access that he's giving us. So you may say, why does this matter? Well, the Bible says that when Jesus died on a cross, there was a veil in the temple that separated the Holy of Holies where God's spirit was. 
from where man was and where God was, was a curtain. It was about 70 feet tall. It was two curtains, actually, and they both were about three inches thick each of tightly woven fabric. Heavy, ornate, thick curtain. Right there, and it wasn't like curtains, like it was one solid piece of fabric behind each other. And it says in Scripture that when Jesus died on the cross, that curtain was ripped from top to bottom. Opening up the Holy of Holies to access for everyone. We read about this in Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. And I want to use this analogy of a curtain again to the Holy of Holies of what this access means for us. Let's read in Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and the full assurance that faith brings, having a heart sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 20, it says, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. Curtains are coming up a lot today, all right? Curtains provide this protection, this privacy, shower curtains, first class curtains, curtains in temples, curtains in the windows from the sun. Curtains are like a, a, a prevention of something coming through. And in the temple, the holy of holies that was behind the holy place, that was behind the main church of the temple, the priest would only enter once a year. Once a year. The priest would go into the Holy of Holies and only after a series of rituals to purify himself before God. Bathing, cleansing, prayers, um, you, all these things they had to do to go into the Holy of Holies. Because the priest knew he was walking into the presence of God. And so honoring was it and so troubling was it that as the priest went in, they would tie a cord to his ankle. And in fact, the robe that the priest wore into the Holy Holies was trimmed with bells. So they could hear him on the other side of the curtain still walking around in there. And they had a cord tied to his foot. So if he did go in there and was found to have sin, to have something in his life he hadn't confessed, he would drop dead. Now see, that is the, that is the holiness of God that we cannot understand and attain. But that's how sacred the place of entering God's presence was to the Jews and the priests that time. It was honored. Only one person could do that. And it was once a year. Now, you may think, I have some people I love. I wouldn't mind just seeing them once a year, right? Once a year seems too much. But when we talk, that wasn't very nice of me, was it? But when we talk about God, do we relegate God to, oh, I'm only going to encounter God on Sundays? Do we, encounter, do we relegate our access to God only when we're praying, only during our devotions? Our access to God should be all the time, throughout our day. As we breathe and think, we're trying to find moments in our day to access God because he's with us in the Holy Spirit. So now get this connection. Here's the big thing I want you to get. It's essential if you understand this. In the Old Testament, priests did two things. They had the right privilege and responsibility to go directly to God. They could pray and talk to God, worship, fellowship with God. Everybody else had to go through the priest. 
Secondly, priests had the privilege or responsibility of representing God to the people and ministering to the needs of the people. Two big roles the priests carried. Now here's the thing. These are the very two things that have now been transferred to us. When that curtain ripped, we became priests or had the priestly rights to go straight to God. We no longer need anybody to pray on our behalf. It's nice. We don't need anybody to advocate on our behalf. We don't need to go to anybody to confess. We do not have to go through anybody to get to God because we've already gone through Jesus Christ, our holy priest, and he's opened up access. And we have the privilege, the honor of entering the holy of holies, not fearing death, not fearing judgment. We don't need something around our ankle in case we fall over. We don't need bells around us in case we're not good enough because God said, I'm done with that. My son paid the price. Come to me, use this access. We are a priest, holy in God's eyes because of Jesus Christ. I share this with you because we are in need, all right? We are in need of learning to approach God without panic or trembling. We are in need of being more comfortable with how we approach God, but also not in a casual way, in a holy way. Access allows us to approach God the Father. That's my next prose. Access allows us to approach God the Father. We don't need to stand back afar. We don't need to be back here in the general area. We don't need to be just in the holy area. We can be in the holy of holies. We have access to something only the priests were reserved, and now it's for us. My last closing question for today is, how do we honor our access to God? Now that we have this access, we understand that it brings us this peace and confidence and freedom in Christ. We understand it's through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. How do we honor God with it? Let's go back to the role of the priest again. Look at the second role I shared with you. It said the priest had the privilege and responsibility of representing God to the people and ministering to the needs of the people. Are we using our access for our own good? Or are we using our access not only to sanctify ourselves, but to serve others? to love the world, to show them Christ, to make sure they gain the same access we did. My friend that gave me those tickets to the Mariners game, the player, there were many times that, you know, I would get them and I'd call up a couple of my friends and I'd let them benefit from the access I'd been given. Let's go to a game tonight. I'd always trip them out when we'd walk in. We'd walk down lower and lower and lower and lower. It's kind of like a friend invites you to come to a box office. You've done nothing to deserve that and you get in the box office or something. Or they buy you a ticket to a concert and you get front row seats. Or like in my one case, I got bumped up to first class. And the first thing I did when we were at cruising, alto, you know, cruising elevation and the seatbelt sign went off, I went up and used the first class bathroom. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you right now, it's no different than the one back there. Not at all. I was greatly disappointed. I thought there might be a hot washcloth, a little spritzer. I thought there might be some little person in there that could, you know, would you like a towel, sir? That'd be really crowded and awkward in an airplane. But the point is this. When we gain something, do we keep it for ourselves or are we want to tell everybody about it? And maybe the reason we're not telling everybody about it is we've gotten complacent with our first class service. And I'm sorry, this marmosa had the wrong champagne in it. Oh, did you see this gentleman trying to use the restroom up here? 
No, that's not what our access should grant us to do. Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ, Paul is saying, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved and gave himself for me. Paul got this. I am a redeemed persecutor in Christ, and now as a priest in Christ, I need to advance his message. I need to do everything in my life to live for Christ. We need to advance the message to help with the growth and development of people, a thing or an idea. We call it the Great Commission. At Arbor, we say to help others find and follow, find and follow Jesus together. Is that what we're doing? Or are we using the access to our own advantage and advancement? Now, there is our own advancement we need to do, and that's called sanctification. But right now, the point I want you to get is this. Access activates us to advance the gospel. Access activates us to advance the gospel. There's the sanctifying part. In fact, 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says that 2 Thessalonians 2.13 says this. But we have always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters loved by God the Lord, because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit through the belief in truth. We have this Holy Spirit in us, the Holy Spirit, Part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, resides in us for the sanctifying of ourselves. So there's a responsibility that we use our access to God to sanctify ourselves. Sanctifying, unlike justification, all right, where justification is about your right status before God. The verdict is not guilty. Sanctification is about the process of transformation that happens within you once you accept what only God can give you through his justification. You need to understand the difference. Justification makes you not guilty to enter and access God. The access should prompt you to move in sanctification by getting to know God and transforming your life to go out and transform others' lives by preaching the gospel. That's what our access should be doing for us. Go back to Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Are we boasting about our access? And this is not a boasting like, um, like arrogant stuff, pride. This is a, can you believe this? It's like an excitement. It's like we need to tell more people about it. It's kind of like, the gender reveal parties they have for babies that aren't born yet. I do not know when this started or why it started. And some of them have gone terribly wrong. <laughs> but now we not only have to buy you presents for a baby shower, we have to buy you presents for the reveal party. And I get lost in all of it. I'm sorry. But I'm just getting old and grumpy possibly. But people get so excited to announce, I'm pregnant, I'm going to have a baby, and those are great things, and we brag and we boast. And when we find out it's a boy or, a boy or a girl, we brag and we boast, which is great. But it's not like this arrogant boasting. It's just, I can't stop from sharing this news. Yeah. I'm going to be a mom. I'm going to be a dad. Amen. And we get thrilled about it. We stand up at our sporting events. We won the Super Bowl. That's boasting. Seahawks are the best. They should have handed off the Marshawn. We could say it twice. <laughs> not bitter. We boast about so many things in our life. Are we boasting about our access to God? And maybe it's because 
we forget what it's afforded us. I want to close with a story out of Luke 8. It's one of my favorite stories in the scripture. It's about a woman that had um, a medical case of bleeding for years and years and could not get it stopped, could not get help, had tried everything. And the story sets up that Jesus was moving through the streets and he was approached by a man and said, my daughter is dying, she's ill, can you come heal her and just speak your words? So Jesus was on his way to, Jer- the man's name was Jairus, to Jairus' home to heal his daughter. And the Bible says he was surrounded by people. People were just trying to get near him. People wanted access to Jesus and they're crushing him and crowding around him and the disciples were keeping people at bay. And as he's walking through the crowd, this woman who'd been wrestling with bleeding her whole life, was drawing near to Jesus. And we pick the story up in verse 45. Because it says, it says she came up close enough to Jesus, and it says in these verses before, if I could just touch the hem, just the hem of his robes, I, I may be healed. I don't need his presence. I don't need him to talk to me. I don't need him to touch me. I don't need him to pray over me. I just need to touch the fabric at the bottom of his gown. So I will get down low and reach through the feet to just touch the hem of Jesus. And she does that. And in verse 45, Jesus says this, who touched me? That's a crazy question to ask in a big crowd. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding around and pressing against you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that Power has gone out from me. When we have access to God, we have access to his power from him to flow into us, to flow out to others. We're just a conduit. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet, scared. I'm going to get rebuked. I'm going to get shamed right here in front of everybody. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. No shame. No fear. Your faith is tremendous and because of that you are healed. We have access to God for healing, for peace, and yet... We still go unafraid. I'm not good enough. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just believe and she will be healed. Power. She's dead. Don't bother him anymore. Jesus has unlimited, no scheduled access. There's no schedule on his time. It's whenever, wherever, no matter what the circumstances. You may be sitting here today going, you do not understand. It's too late. She's dead. Don't bother him anymore. That's not how God's access works. You know how God's access works? It's 7-Eleven. It never closes. It's open all night. It doesn't matter if it's too late or not. You come on in. You come in. Anytime, no matter the circumstances. This whole series of good news 
and all the topics we focused about good news is only good news because of the access we've been given to Jesus and God the Father. It's only good news because the access the Holy Spirit still provides us. It's only good news if we step into living in the access that Jesus and God the Father wants us to have. We have access to forgiveness. We have access to healing. We have access to grace. We have access to mercy. We have access to the greatest gospel message the world has ever heard. Just look at the life of Jesus and everything he did. The lepers, the little children, the blind, the woman who is bleeding, the prostitute, Nicodemus, the Pharisees, Peter the fisherman, Paul the persecutor, come to me. You have access to me. We can't be God, and we can never be good enough for God. But we are called to represent God as believers. And if you're here today and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you haven't put your faith in him, I want you two to have the same access that we as believers are granted. But it's not for us only. We have our sanctification, but we also have the part of we need to go serve and love a lost world. Access accords for us what we cannot afford. Access accords for us what we cannot afford. May we take that access and advance the gospel to those around us by our words, by our actions, by our deeds, and by boasting of the glory of God. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, um, to be here today to share in this word. I thank you, God, that you chose your son. You sacrificed your son so that we could have this access to you, Lord. And God, this access is better than any silly analogy I use today around first class or Mariner's tickets, for goodness gracious, God. You, those are just simple earthly analogies, God, that don't even comprehend the power and level of what we have coming in your presence. You are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Holy of holies. God, may we comprehend that and never get complacent about it. Thank you, God that we can rejoice and come to you with peace and freedom and confidence, knowing that we have access to you through Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.